Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood, here on the interwebs, and you know, I'm just a little storyteller over here, uh, wanting to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. You know, I'm just looking to plant that seed and find a way to bring the incredible universe that the Riot Games community has created, with, speaking of them, plants that have a mind of their own. <laughs> to you. Each week we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Terra off of the Riot Games universe site and, you know, think of the whole thing as my audiobook of League stories and lore. This week uh, and another fan request, you guys have just been bringing them in consistently, which has been a delight, is Zyra, Rise of the Thorns. And my terrible attempt at an impression, Where are your friends? Mine are all around. Born in an ancient sorceress catastrophe, Zyra is the wrath of nature given form. An alluring hybrid of plant and human, kindling new life with every step, she views the many mortals of Valoran as little more than prey for her seated progeny, and thinks nothing of slaying them with flurries of deadly spines. Though her true purpose has not been revealed, Zyra wanders the world, indulging her most primal urges to colonize and strangle all other life from it. Thanks again for tuning in to Stories of Rune Terra by yours truly. Uh, I went up the mountain with my family today and had to get some stuff finished up before spring break ended. So sorry this one came out a little bit late, but we still got it done. Thanks for joining me and we'll catch you uh, with the rest of the stories now. Zyra's memory is long and runs as deep as the roots of the earth. Her kind was young when the Rune Wars raged, when mortal armies fought one another for the very keys of creation. Hidden in the jungles south of the Komongu, somewhere between the great rivers that divide eastern Shurima, lay the fabled Gardens of Zir. Elemental magics had turned the soil there in strange and unpredictable ways, giving rise to fierce, carnivorous plants that preyed upon any creatures that strayed within reach. They infested, and they devoured, caring nothing for the squabbles of mortals, content merely to coil their vines through the forests and swamplands. In their own way, they were all Zyra. And nourishment was plentiful, even in the midst of war. A small company of soldiers, their allegiance long since lost to time, advanced through those lands in search of some now-forgotten prize. They were led by an ambitious sorceress, but they were far from home, bound to succumb to the noxious fumes and spores of that accursed place. The denizens of the gardens set upon them, spined tendrils lashing through armor and flesh with sadistic ease. Though they fought valiantly, the warriors knew they could not hold out for long, and turned to their sorceress to save them. Gathering her powers, she wrought a mighty blast. The air burned with runic symbols, casting their eerie light even as the thorny overgrowth closed in. In that 
very instant, a rogue spark ignited the gases of the swamp, and the resulting magical explosion obliterated every living thing for miles around. Of the scattered survivors of the Rune Wars, none would ever know what fate had befallen the Gardens of Zir. Centuries passed. The land where the battle had been fought lay empty and lifeless above ground, but in the depths, something stirred. Long had the energies that were unleashed there settled and curdled and nourished by the fallout. A seed pod bulged, pulsing with unnatural life until a creature clawed its way free, gasping and confused. It beheld broken and changed the world it knew, and now brimming with new vitality and new ideas. Its mind was a puzzle of conflicting memories, drawn from the loamy earth and forced into its fledgling consciousness. It would recall the warmth of the sun. It could recall the taste of rain, words of power, and the agony of a hundred mortal deaths. It, n she, called herself Zyra, without quite understanding why. As she ventured out into the wildlands beyond her birthplace, Zyra knew she was different from the other creatures she encountered. Mortals were fearful and unpleasant things, while more ethereal entities tended to be capricious or arrogant. None of them seemed to respond or respect to the realms they inhabited, despoiling everything with their mere presence, and that filled Zyra with rage and contempt. Almost unbidden, new life sprang up in her footsteps. Voracious plant forms that changed and evolved beneath her gaze, hurling poisonous barbs or sprouting fresh tendrils at an alarming rate. Unrooted and free to wander, Zyra and her deadly progeny feed and grow, strangling all other life from the world. She has blighted farmland, overrun entire settlements, and crushed those warriors brave or foolish enough to confront her, always leaving a menagerie of botanical horrors in her wake. As the rivers of Shirima begin to run anew, strange flora has been sighted on their banks, spreading slowly westward with each passing season. Whether pulled from the earth or purged by fire, the growth does not seem to be slowing. Today's story is entitled With the Flowers, and it's written by Matt Dunn. The humidity of Tonica Market and the crowd's fragrant odor usually rushed buyers into hasty decisions. But Haytilly stood transfixed. Her eyes had fallen upon the strange, tangled bud encased with red, withered leaves, a specimen she had never seen before. Oh, you don't want that, the old flora said. It's a rare night-blooming zycid, plucked from the southern jungles where sunlight never touches the forest floor. It's more for potion brewers or, or alchemists. The merchant directed her gaze to a bouquet of sapphire roses. Now, well, these are from fair Ionia. Adapted them to our robust Kamangra soil myself. Or perhaps maybe you'd like some pearls of the moon? 
Hattili was not swayed. Sapphire roses and pearls of the moon flashed their colors for any eyes to see. This zykid held exotic potential, like the kraken lilies along the serpentine delta, or the parathen corpse tulips. Rare flowerlings were precisely her and Casworth's type of indulgence. I'll take the zykid. The florist welcomed the gold pressed into his palm, despite the doubt scrawled across his face. He deftly cradled the bud in a nest of damp silk, and planted the parcel into Hattili's waiting hands. She noticed the aerial rootlets clinging to a shard of something hard and chalk-white. What's this? Oh, well, Zykids cling to foreign objects, the merchant said. That one's grafted to a bit of bone. Casworth was bent over his antique desk, scribbling notes in the margins of his ledger by candlelight. He didn't look up until Hattili had set the ceramic upon his table. The strange Zykid, half buried in a mound of wetted soil, already seemed happy, its reds and greens vibrant and slick with life. A budding gift for a blooming businessman. She planted a kiss on Casworth's cheek, feeling clever. He smiled and turned to examine the specimen. When you said you needed flowers to brighten this place up, I'd assume they'd be colorful. Casworth jabbed the plant with his quill. What's this curious fellow? A most extravagant gift to celebrate the opening of the Upper Kumangra's newest trading supplier, Casworth's Exotic Goods. Casworth pulled his wife into his lap. Well, if you say this is a rarity indeed, then we are in for a treat. He kissed her sweetly. A single petal opened up, unfolding into the darkening room. It's beginning, Hattili said. Will you be up all night? Most likely. There are still several invoices that need rubber stamping, and the partners have concerns about the shipping lanes. Hattili yawned. Don't let me bore you, dear wife. Run along to bed. I'll wake you when it starts to flower. Thank you, sweet husband. Hattili awoke to a creeping sensation on her ankle. Infernal skitter ants were everywhere. This near to the jungle, she kicked it away. Sleepily blinking, she turned to the empty pillow next to her. Casworth hadn't come to bed. The nagging insect was undaunted and was crawling further up her skin. She flung off the bedsheets and saw that this was no insect, but rather a tendril vine weaving through her toes, entangling her ankle and twining around her leg. Panic shoved sleep from her mind. She kicked out but could not get the green and red shoots to release her leg. They tightened, biting into her flesh. She pried them off with her fingernails. Her hands bled from the thorny splinters. The snaking stalks wound a trail from under the bedchamber door where they sprouted aerial root to climb the bed frame. Her mind immediately flashed to Casworth. Armed with a flickering lantern and a pair of sewing shears, Hattili followed the vines through the hallway of their manse. Their circumference widened the closer she stepped towards its source, which she now saw was in Casworth's study. The door took several tries to open. Hattili hadn't known what to expect, but it wasn't this. The room was covered, floor to ceiling with floral growth. 
A riot of obscene colors danced in her lantern's flicker. Exotic bulbs dangled from the walls, their finger-like leaves undulating as if drawing breath. Flowers seemed to mock her through the darkness, flashing their rainbow petals like signal fires. All had sprouted from a singular dark nexus, an enormous closed flower bud, which lay only on the fainting couch by the fireplace, where Hattili herself often read while Casworth worked. Bits of ceramic and soil lay strewn about. The Zykid had outgrown its habitat. All manner of protrusion crept from its pulsating petals. Everything in Hattili's mind screamed for her to flee her home, put it to the torch, and burn that hideous bouquet. But not without Casworth. Vines twisted around the legs of the chair and the legs of the study table and the, the leg the legs of her husband. Still sitting in his chair, Casworth was cocooned from head to toe by a writhing mass of leaves. Hattili reached his side, bare feet slipping on the foliage underfoot. She cut frantically at the strangling vines, but each snip of the shears only made them tighten their grip and produce little thorns that pierced her and her husband. Blood trickled out. Where the drops landed, Zykid blossoms burst forward to feed. Hattili freed one of Casworth's hands. It was pale and cold to the touch. A stench filled the air like a rotting corpse, and with tears in her eyes, she turned her head toward the fainting couch where the Zykid bud was flowering. The stench grew worse. Hattili wretched. The gargantuan petals peeled backward in colorful layers, revealing oblong petals of striking scarlet and deep green, garlanded in black tips, revealing a woman in place of the stamen. Her hair was red as blood, her flesh like leaves. Vines and petals wreathed her in deadly beauty. Her eyes opened. They reminded Hattili of a panther's narrow irises seeing only prey. The woman who blossomed from the flower arose until he clutched the shears like a dagger. Do you wish to prove me already? The thing said, its deep voice ensnaring Hattili. What? What are you? The bloom you longed to witness. The stench turned. Gone was the reek of death. Hattili inhaled sweet fragrances, orange blossoms, the aroma of sapphire roses, the fruity scent of kraken lilies, the musk of pearls of the moon, the delicate hints of wisteria. There were more secret flowers, but she somehow knew their names. They smelled of colors her eyes never saw, and a name formed in Hattili's mind. Zyra. Thank you for the lovely garden, Zyra said, nodding towards Casworth's remains. You tended me well, but we need more sustenance to make the soil here more fertile. Hattili saw visions of a world covered by a bouquet of colorful death. It was a beautiful riot of hues, soft and fluttering, choking cities. There were no graves, no war, no money. Hattili was breathless. 
She didn't even feel the vines pull her down, nor the thorns bury themselves in her flesh, rending her skin and spilling her blood. Stepping the garden that ever grows, Syra whispered through the stems and the petals, Death blossoms, and you don't want to miss the colors, do you? Attili did not respond, for she was with the flowers. Ooh, got some spooks going on there. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Next week, we are going to be doing Soraka is uh, another fan request that we've had. So if there is anybody that you would like me to have me read the lore for, all you got to do is hit me up on the socials. Uh, Instagram has been where a lot of fo- folks have reached out or by answering the poll if you've got it on Spotify. So thanks again. Appreciate you guys listening. And if you really like it, throw a rating up there wherever you listen. It doesn't hurt, but I appreciate it all. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the flip side.